Hi, I'm Cheryl and Fenn. Hello, this is Christabel. Hello, this is Michael Horse. Do you enjoy listening to Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the podcast? Have you picked up our book yet? Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book. That has over 100 cast and crew who have contributed to this book. And it's, I think people really love it. I mean, we also have community commentary where a lot of the community have participated in this. It's just a great book. We recommend you pick it up at bluerosemag.com. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. Hey, Meredith, uh, what do you think Cooper wrote in his memo calculator? Well, I actually think that we are not in the 90s anymore. It's 2017. He's probably using an iPhone now. <gasps> yeah. Uh, what about <gasps> Lucy's baby is going to be old now. 25 years old. Hot or not, Caitlin? Hot or not? Hot. Totally hot. <laughs> Definitely a hot baby. Where do you think Bob is now? Uh... He's trolling on the internet. He's trolling the internet. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's definitely... He is the only troll, actually. Any he's... troll you've ever been trolled, it is just Bob. Bob is inside Reddit. Yes. <laughs> Bob is Reddit. Bob is Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to find out because we are. There will be drinking Recaps Twin Peaks. Yeah, I'm Kate. And I'm Murda. And we recapped every episode so far. And we will be following along with the new season on Showtime starting May 21st. Yeah, um, and every Wednesday we'll be releasing a new episode of a recap of the episode from Sunday. Uh, and you can find that on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Play or even on our website, therewillbedrinkingpodcast.com. Pie up your life, guys. And have a damn good cup of coffee. Yeah. Suck up the donuts, cut up the pies, put on the trench coat, rip up the lies, overcast sky and the ponderous way, amber, get the words on the Hello, this is Michael Horse from Twin Peaks, and you're listening to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Shout out to all the Twin Peaks fans. You're going to be really, really, really pleased when you see the new series. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kasaska. Hi, Brian. Hey, Ben. How's it going? I don't know. It's crazy. We are just days, days away. away. Could you ever think you'd say those words? I, yeah, I can't believe it. 25... The emotions going through your body right now must be, like, intense. It's so intense. I don't know if I can handle this. this I waited much. a year. <laughs> You waited Damn you, Brian. 25? 25 years since Firewalk With Me, 26 years since the series went off the air. Wow. I think that's a true testament to the show and to the fans, to the community at large. I was lucky enough, I was brought into the fold from you and the show. 
it's been a year for me, and I'm looking forward too. But I, I just can't even imagine waiting 25 years for a show to come back. The closest I've gotten is X Files. You know, the closest oh, I yeah. had was like, is X Files ever going to come back? <laughs> and you had the trink, you had the books, and you had the comics, and you had the things, and you had the bad movies. <laughs> I, I totally get it. I mean, that's the closest I, I think I can go with that. Like, I can't think of a show from my childhood or my teenage years coming back at this point other than The X-Files happening to me. Right. That comes close to what you're probably going through with Twin Peaks. And next week, we're going to be changing things up. So tune in next week. We're going into our 3.0 phase of our show, and we're going to be recapping every week uh, season three or the return of Twin Peaks. So there will be spoilers next week on. If you're going to listen to us, you have to be up to date with the show. And that's tough. Oh, sure. To let them know that now. <laughs> I, I'm giving them up. I'm not letting them know now because come Sunday, yeah. we're all going to watch Twin Peaks. Right. And on Thursday when the show drops, it's going to be on Thursdays now next yep. week. We've switched it up Thursday. Give yeah. them a few days to get this show um, <laughs> out the door. And it's going to be full of spoilers, so we hope, we want everybody to continue enjoying our show and go through this journey with us, mm. and please watch it. And granted, you know, the great thing is now everything's on demand. Our show is basically on demand. Watch it, listen. Watch it, listen. And how great is that? Go at your own pace. Yes. Stay away from social media, though. Right. <laughs> so, Brian, I think we've talked about this. Are you only going to watch the first two hours of uh, Twin Peaks, or what are you going to do? For the show? For the good of the show? For the good of the show, yeah, I am. Screw that. <laughs> you know why? Because then when we go to review the first two episodes... I, I am going to be the new Brian now. All right. I'll, I'm gonna I'll give it to you. But then what if I don't watch it? Then you're... I'm, I'm, I will keep it to myself. I have a whole new thing to keep. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be two episodes ahead of me for like Here's a week? The, yes. Two hours is a lot. And if this is heavy material... I, I want to like have a whole week of discussing it and. Oh, I agree. We, yeah. we should only talk about the first two hours. Here's what I think is going to happen. I want to keep going and watch as much as I can. I think I'm going to fall asleep for the third hour and probably won't even get to the really watch the next two hours or so. Yeah, but, I'm going to hold off, but I, I I get it. You're excited. That's, yeah. I mean, you're going to do it in one night. You think? I'm going to try to. Ooh, that's, that's four hours of uh, Twin Peaks. I'm afraid it would all mush together. Yeah. And you're kind of like, what did I just see? Definitely watch, of course, the first two hours. Yeah. I'd like to watch more. And then within the next couple of days before mm. we record, I will be re-watching the first Good. two hours. And those that's probably where I'll take my notes. And that's kind of what you did when we originally did this, right? Yeah. You, I, I took you... notes with the episode so I didn't confuse myself. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to embrace it and just enjoy it mm. the first time. And then I'll rewatch it, take my notes, and then we'll we'll just discuss those first two hours. I agree with you. And I will watch Sunday. And if I can rewatch it, I will. But if not, I'm just going to talk about, you know, initial reaction. It's interesting what they're doing. I get it. It's a, it's a marketing thing to get you onto the app because, yep. hey, you can enjoy two more episodes on the app. And that's a push that all these cable channels are doing, and I get it. But I am so happy Twin Peaks is on a week-to-week basis. Mm. Granted, we get this little buffer. We get this little cool thing in the beginning. I would have hated if Twin Peaks was on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Where you get, it just all dropped at once. Because literally, after one weekend, I, I, I'm not a binger. I binge over a couple what? weeks. Yeah, you binge, but you're right. I, to it, a night. Yeah. I get exhausted. Like, yeah. mentally. If it's a show heavy, you're just kind of like, I need a break. Right. Because honestly, I finish a show in a week or two, 
I can't go back and say this happened in episode two. It's all mush. It's yeah, all mushed yeah, together, yeah. and you lose something. I still, I mean, I guess I still feel like it's binge in the sense of what traditional old school TV where you had to wait a week, a, yeah, a week, and it could have twenty five weeks would go by before you saw a whole season. My wife and I watched uh, Thirteen Reasons Why on Netflix, and I think we did that over two weeks period. And yeah, thirteen episodes. Yeah. So you're watching basically one episode a night or something. Like that. I like that. But to me, it was still in a way it was still binge because there was nothing else that we were watching. We were that we were committed to this one show for the most part. That's how we get with some shows, but with Twin Peaks because it's Twin Peaks and we know what we're getting. That's a lot of Lynch to yeah. ingest. So we're finally at the end of the Log Lady intros. We're on episode 29. Holy smokes. And now, an ending. Where there was once one, there are now two. Or were there always two? What is a reflection? A chance to see two? When there are chances for reflections, there can always be two or more. Only when we are everywhere will there be just one. It has been a pleasure speaking to you. Getting the two Coopers, this is something that we hope the return answers. Yeah, Lynch is basically spelling it out that where there was once one, there are now two. Or were there always, always two? two? So was there always a bad Cooper? Like, hey, g- going back to the you know the cartoon, you have uh, you have the angel and the demon on your shoulder at all times, and one of them's telling you the good thing to do, one's telling you the evil thing to do. You always have that balance, but this is literally two Coopers. Yeah, what that's, we need to do one. is we need mm-hmm. to talk with John Thorne about this. All right, we're on the phone with John Thorne, godfather of Twin Peaks, author of The Essential Wrapped in Plastic Pathways to Twin Peaks. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back again. I appreciate it. <laughs> so we're, we're really, really close. We're a week away from the new season. It's the, the final last 15 minutes of episode 29 that I know that I would love to talk to you about. Can, can you share about that? I mean, one of my favorite art, uh, articles you've written is Half the Man He Used to Be. What can you tell us about the last episode of episode 29? By all of Twin Peaks, the mythology of Twin Peaks that we talk about, doppelgangers and Red Room and duality and good and evil, it all stems from two critical pieces of Twin Peaks, both of which were accidents or unplanned. Hmm. And the first is the dream sequence in episode two. That was, of course, the European ending of the pilot, which Hmm. they had to shoot to create a self-contained pilot. They did it. They had that material. They said, let's make it a dream. They made it a dream. And then once they did that, they had to kind of say, well, what does that mean? And so all of that accidental or unplanned or whatever stuff from the pilot, the European 
version suddenly informs the whole narrative. Mm. And it wasn't ever intended. It wasn't like they planned it out. Mm. It, it was like, now we've kind of got to do it. The same is true for the last 15 minutes of, uh, or 20 minutes of the final episode mm. of Twin Peaks. And that is, of course, it was scripted completely differently. Uh, it was intended to essentially be a cliffhanger episode uh, that would end a season and prepare you or for a new season coming over the summer. And, of course, we all know the famous story without going into a lot of detail that David Lynch was not happy with the way it was scripted mm. and that he essentially rewrote the entire final act of that episode. And when he did that, he introduced a whole bunch of concepts that were never intended mm. by Frost and Engels and, and Tate. Those concepts were carried over into Fire Walk With Me, so they were kind of solidified. Well, you know, that that's something now that you can't ignore. Mm. So anyway, that's all quick preface to say, everything we talk about in Twin Peaks really comes from those two scenes, both of which were never plotted out by Lynch and Frost. Mm. They never sat down and said, there's going to be a dream, and this is where it's going to go. That all happened by accident. Nor did they, well, obviously plot out the final act that we actually see. That was all Lynch redoing it. I think all of that is going to inform the return of the, you know, the new Twin Peaks that we're going to see. Imagine is going to come from these, you know, sourced from these two very critical pieces that, again, happened by accident. I love in your book how you mentioned how Lynch restructured the episode. All the commercials were kind of pushed to, towards the beginning, yeah. so he'd have, I don't know, t almost 20 minutes or so, so he could just be no commercials, and I right. think that was brilliant so, on his exactly. end. Exactly. The final episode is structured in a way that you've got these very short first three acts. It's noticeable for someone who watched it when it was originally on because the commercials came on almost instantly. You'd watch and then it'd be a commercial. <laughs> and then you watch again and it'd be another commercial. And I remember thinking at the time, oh, they're saving up, you know, their commercial so that there's going to be an uncut span of content. And there was. Lynch essentially makes a short film mm. that is added on, you know, the fourth act is a short Lynch film. I think it's one of the most amazing things he's ever directed. What made me want to write about it was the confusion that everybody had at the end of that episode. To this day, people still say, Bob possessed Cooper. Mm -hmm. That was the ending. Like Bob had possessed Leland, Bob now possesses Cooper. Now, that was the original ending that Frost and Pey uh, Peyton and Engels had intended that Bob would inhabit Cooper. Lynch did not like that idea, and he has said so. He mm. said, I don't like that idea. And so what he did, essentially, in, in there, is he divided Cooper into a good Cooper, a good Dale, and a bad Dale. Mm. And the bad Cooper that gets out, and we know this for sure, mm. because Annie says it in Firewalk With Me, the good Dale is trapped in the lodge. And we saw that happen in that final act. The good Dale is still there. And Lynch himself has explicitly said it in interviews in the book Lynch on Lynch by Chris Rodley, where he says, I'm going to get the quote wrong, but I'm going to get it pretty close. Cooper was not possessed by Bob. Part of him was just with him. So again, he was saying part of him, meaning that Cooper, and then again, Lynch deliberately addresses it in the Log Lady introduction to that episode, which he filmed later, mm. and the Log Lady explicitly says, where there was one, there are now two. Mm -hmm. So with all that information, it seemed to be pretty clear that 
Cooper had divided. And I was curious as to when the division occurred and why the division occurred. And so that's what my essay is all about. And I just map out every single scene in that final 20 minutes to try to figure out when it occurs and why it occurs. We have Leland that shows up too that seems like that's his doppelganger. So what happened to Leland different than what happened to Cooper? It's tough. I mean, it really is hard to figure out. Um, And none of that was scripted either. Say with some authority, I guess, for lack of a better word, that when you see someone with the white eyes, Mm -hmm. they are the doppelgangers. Yes. And so the doppelgangers are loosely connected to the idea that you're going to see your shadow self, which Mm -hmm. Hawk introduces earlier in the series. Mm. And so I, I think Lynch was okay with the idea that there was a duality, that there, there was essentially a good and a bad version of you out there somewhere. And I think what Cooper encounters in his journey through the Red Room and the Black Lodge or whatever you want to call it, is those, those evil sides of these beings. So you see, I think they all, almost all of them have the white eyes. And Richard Beamer was on set. He took a lot of photos of the mm. actors in their makeup. And if you have any doubt, you can always look at the photos that he took and they all have the white contacts in. Mm. So clearly they were, they were going to be depicted as the doppelganger. So it is confusing. I'm not sure I have a satisfying answer. I guess with Leland, I always thought it was very interesting that the Leland doppelganger you know, walks up to Cooper and says, I did not kill anybody. Yeah. And it's a very deliberate line from yeah. Lynch. And I, I interpreted that as it wasn't just the evil Leland that committed hmm. the crime. It wasn't just his bad side or quote-unquote Bob it was the whole Leland. The mm. Leland was aware that he had done it. And probably if Leland had been stronger, could have prevented it from happening. But Leland was weak. Mm, yeah. And so Leland is also responsible. I think that there's some evidence there. You kind of got to piece it together that maybe Lynch was saying, you can't just say it was the evil made you do it or the devil made you do it. Yeah. That you are responsible. Right. for your actions. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's in there too. I've always seen that scene as him being almost mocking Cooper. He's laughing and grinning and making a big joke like, I didn't kill anybody. I saw like, the same way. Like a kind of, yeah. He says it very matter-of-factly, like, ha-ha, like, I didn't kill yeah. her. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's almost like, yeah, right. mocking. Yeah. Where do you think this goes with the new season? Like, we have a split Cooper? We don't know what what Lynch is going to do. I mean, my hope is that he doesn't forget that Mm. this is the facts that he established. And I say facts that he established because he has said it deliberately in interviews that there are two Coopers. He said it in the Log Lady introduction. Mm. And, of course, he has Annie say it in Firewalk with me. So the scenario he created at the end of the series was that there were two Coopers. Mm. And the bad one got... I think even Mark Frost book, which we can't necessarily say is canon Mm -hmm. at this point, it implies at the end that an evil Cooper is loose in the world, that that brings into serious trouble when when Cooper comes to visit. So I I think that is the scenario, that there are two Coopers, and Mm. I would assume that that somehow, in order to contain the evil of the bad Cooper, the good Cooper would have to somehow remerge with him. That's what I hope. I think Lynch still feels that way. We don't know. We don't know at all what they're going to do with the show, whether or not they're even going to acknowledge that that happened. It could be a new scenario, for all we know. Kyle McLaughlin in Entertainment Weekly, 
he does say something that alludes to playing Cooper differently. Mm. He does An mention older version of him. Too, yeah, yeah, and like he does say it's a journey. You know, it's a journey. And I, we didn't hear about like, Cooper's Odyssey. Right. We've heard Present, these things yeah. we, in that promo with him walking out of the dark, uh. which show, to me it made me feel like. We're seeing the Cooper lost in the lodge, yeah. and he's trying to find his way out. So I kind of feel like Lynch yeah. has stayed with this, the theme of, yeah. of what's going to happen. The Walking in the yeah. Dark makes me too, think of two scenes of Lynch's. One, Lord Dern. Yeah, Lord Dern Blue, Blue, Blue Velvet. Velvet. Right, where she's coming out, they're outside, <laughs> and she meets up with Kyle McLaughlin's character. But the real big one. I know what you're gonna say. You know going to say. Wait, wait, we're going to say it at the same time? I- Lost, lost Highway. highway. <laughs> of course it's Lost Highway, yeah. Yes. And that Lost it's Highway. definitely a Lost Highway. Oh, my yeah. God. With Lost Highway, where the character, he's going into the mirror, he sees himself, and he's in that darkness, and then he comes back, and that might be when he yeah. is a, a new man. Like yeah. He, he, he actually maybe right. kills his wife. And in your book, and I think it might be in that uh, in your article, Half a Man That Used to Be, you talk about how Lynch really, when he was looking at the last episode, he was looking at more of the psychological of Cooper. Whereas Mark Frost and the yeah. writing team were looking at plot and story and trying to build on that. Absolutely. I, I really think, and I think this is actually, for me anyway, it's a key for me when I watch any Lynch film, is I think Lynch is very much interested in what is happening inside the minds of his characters. And so we actually sometimes see a manifestation of those things, and they look like reality in some cases. We can't always perceive as a viewer, is this something that's really happening, or is this something that's just going on in the imagination or dreaming mind or delusion of of a character and it's just being depicted as real. So I think Lynch is interested in those psychological baggage or the problems that we carry with us. Uh, he's not so much interested in the outside nemesis or foe. So mm-hmm. Wyndham Earl is not as interesting to him. And that's why in that final act, and even in the entire episode, Wyndham Earl is diminished quite a bit from how he was scripted. He was really, truly the Moriarty to Cooper's Sherlock Holmes. And he was this bad guy who was causing Cooper problems. Lynch, less interested in someone being your enemy Mm. and more interested in what are you doing to yourself that are causing you to fail, Mm. is preventing you from achieving your goal. What do you have to fix inside yourself? And so we see sort of literal manifestations of that in his work. So I think he was somewhat stuck in the way he had to construct that final act because the story has Cooper physically go into this Red Room Mm. realm, and that had never happened before. Every Mm. time we saw the Red Room, uh, it was in a dream. It was accessed through the mind, and uh, while I really don't have any evidence of this, I would contend that when a physical Cooper enters this realm, he has to pay some sort of price. Mm. If he is weak in some way, and so he divides into two beings, and, and he comes up, he literally falls apart, because he can't keep himself together in that realm. I feel like we were just talking about Firewalk with me and Laura looking at the painting, and it's almost like she split yeah. in two. In my book, uh, From Wrapped in Plastic, the original essay, I do a whole analysis of what happens to Laura Palmer in Firewalk with Me. Mm-hmm. And I do talk specifically about the scene where she goes in, she has that dream. And I say that she, I think I say something to the effect that she also becomes a divided 
person, but not like Cooper. Cooper literally becomes two different beings, mm-hmm. a good, yeah. a physical Cooper and a physical bad Cooper, mm-hmm. whereas Laura, Laura's good side gets trapped in the painting, mm-hmm. and her good side is now kind of um, pushed down and, and um, you know, trapped, essentially. Mm-hmm. You kind of see it happen, and the, and the next day, I think it's the next day, you suddenly kind of have the bad Laura going out, right? Doesn't she go out to the pink room that night, the night yeah, after? Yeah. Her behavior changes. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think Lynch was playing again with that idea. Oh, he has been with Laura Palmer since the beginning, the idea of of a duality in her, that mm-hmm. she's struggling between the good side and a bad side, you know, and will one win, or can she keep them in balance, or, right. or what? Yeah, so, I, yeah, I talk about that a little bit in, in the one essay, that she becomes unbalanced at that after that dream. Mm. Any parting words, John? A week away <laughs> from the premiere? Well, I never thought we'd be here, and oh. it's the most wonderful thing. Uh, yes. I, I, well, the one thing I will say, I think I talked to Ben about this, we only live in this time of mystery, and and curiosity for a short while. Mm. We don't know right now what's going to come in the new Twin Peaks. Once it happens, we will you know we'll know. And there's something fun about being in the question, about mm. wondering. I like this feeling. The only way you have it though is to know you're going to get an answer that it's <laughs> coming. But but of course, once the answer comes, you know uh, then you know then it kind of solidifies and we have to deal with it. Uh, on those new terms. Uh-huh. But I love sort of the suspension that we're in. It's yeah. Yeah, For me, yeah. anyway, right. it's yeah. a nice feeling. So. It is. Makes me think, of, a few weeks ago, we had a Log Lady intro we were doing, and there was the, it was all about that. It was about yeah. the, the mystery, and, and yeah. <laughs> Lynch is the one that wrote this, and I think at one point he says, this is a kind of a depression when you actually have yeah. to reveal the, the, the mystery. Yeah, and, and I almost feel like with this return of Twin Peaks, we could get some things solidified, but the great thing is, I believe at the end of this, we're going to have more mystery. Mm. It's David Lynch. There's always more mystery. He right. never spells it out for you. He lets you figure yeah, it and, out, and you know? I, I totally agree. I hope so. And would you be unhappy if it ended on kind of a cliffhanger? Oh. <laughs> I don't think you do I, that. handle a cliffhanger as long as Cooper's not, like... Still, the way possessed, right. or, yeah. or 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 there isn't the double. I want to. I want at least the the mystery of Cooper to be resolved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah. I would be unhappy if we didn't get some resolution to that. Of course, but if he left a few things dangling that never mm-hmm. fully get addressed again, oh. uh, that would be okay with me. And yeah. I, I would have you know then we have another twenty five years of talking about well, what happens to so and so. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't want that hard cliffhanger where right. you know someone pulls a gun and shoots someone and we don't know if they're alive or dead. That, yeah. That, that, yeah, that would not be good. What if, what if it ended, the return ended like uh, Inland Empire where all his past things just come out and they all start dancing and they have a musical number. <laughs> and they, everybody, all 217 uh, oh, no. people from the cast no. comes out, they oh, do a musical number. Oh, man. Um, would we be disappointed with that? I, I don't... I, <laughs> Uh, I'm only kidding. Uh, we saw that. We saw that in the last episode of On the Air. So don't go to pass them. It could happen. Say, John, how can people learn more about your book, get your book, and how can they follow you? My book is available on Amazon. Uh, you can go and just uh, buy the hard copy version, or you can download the digital version for your Kindle. You can follow me on Twitter, at Thornwhip. And I have a blog uh, above the convenience store. I think it's above 
thestore.blogspot.com, where I uh, occasionally post some longer material about Twin Peaks. Cool. cool. Thank you, John. So exciting. Yeah. We're, it's, it's really exciting that we're all in this together, too, that like we're all going in with not knowing what's going to come about. Nobody knows. Nobody it's knows. great. It's, really it's a great feeling. Yeah. We're on the phone with There Will Be Drinking Recaps Twin Peaks. We're the special duo that uh, hosts that uh, wonderful podcast. I'm Meredith. Uh, and I am Kate. Thank you for having us. We yeah, appreciate thank you. It. it was kind of um, a poor planning on our part in the sense that we were already had a podcast named There Will Be Drinking and we were doing recaps of The Bachelorette as like a spinoff and then hated doing it. Yes. Because <laughs> we're not big Bachelorette fans. So then we were like, oh, we'll do There Will Be Drinking recaps Twin Peaks as a spinoff. And then it became its own monster. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like more of a mo- like more of our like pod baby than the original pod baby. But but we still really love the OG pod baby. Right. The mothership. The mothership. Mothership. <laughs> <laughs> never seen Twin Peaks before, right? We had never seen it. No. Um, Meredith made me watch Mulholland Drive and I was like not into it. And she was like, well, we're going to watch Twin Peaks now. I was like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're kind of coming at it as like skeptics. Yeah. But we're totally huge fans of it now. So I think that that's, we are definitely a more lighthearted Twin Peaks fan pod. Awesome. And you guys got through all of the series. And I think mm-hmm. your recent one, you started reading fan fiction. Oh, boy. <laughs> yep, we yeah, we sure did. <laughs> we, we got some suggestions over Twitter of fan fiction to read because we were, I mean, we were finding really bad ones and we kind of wanted to find a good one. So we found a good one and we did it through this last episode. Oddly enough, like some of our best episodes are like this episode was great and then also all of the bad Twin Peaks episodes are, are in my opinion are crown jewels <laughs> yeah the worst the worst the actual episode is like mid season two the more fun and the drunker we got yeah and we made a very elaborate sex plot for James and uh, Evelyn and it was oh, it was man. a damn fun time I think we do that for everyone Mary, yeah but that one was much more elaborate <laughs> what about Billy Zane's weird hair? Did you guys notice that Billy Zane had a fake hair? <gasps> I <You're>... knew it. <laughs> His nickname for us uh, on our pod was John, John Jacob, Jacob Jingle Because he had so many names. <laughs> yeah, he had like, like John Justice We just kept Wheeler. calling him that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he he did have a baller wardrobe. His yeah. sweaters. Him and Donna. Yeah. Had like the best people on wardrobe for sure. For oh yeah, I recently learned that it was actually that sweater that he wore. Was it like red, brown, white? Is actually his father's sweater. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he like brought it. That's yeah, so yeah. wonderful to know. That's really cute. We, John, we, we talked to Sharon Fenn, and she wore some of her own clothing. So it seems like a regular thing. People could just come into the set yeah. and wear their own clothing or their family's clothing. I guess. Now I wonder if Dr. Jacoby, if that's his real wardrobe. Hope Did, so. I think he brought some of it. I think he might have brought the glasses in. You guys are so much fun. I really been enjoy listening to your show. I, I was listening to the beginning, and then I got I wanted to skip ahead, and I had to see what you, your reaction was to who killed Laura Palmer. A few weeks before, my mother actually spoiled it for Aww. me. Aww. Even though, but I think we had a pretty firm belief that it was Leland. I think a couple of episodes no, before. No, I that. did not. I did. I did not. Well, I, <laughs> the finale of the first season, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Leland. Hmm. I think we maybe had teetered on Ben for a little while as mm-hmm. well. That feels like eons ago now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've come we've come full circle, especially now all I'm thinking about is like what's going to happen 
Alicia Cooper yeah. in this yeah. new series. Totally. I'm so excited to know. And you guys haven't had to wait that long. How long have you guys been doing the, the Twin Peaks version of your podcast? Like four months, maybe. Four months, yeah, right. I mean, pretty much the length of the episode. So I think we started in, in October or November. Yeah. Was the first oh, wow. episode, so we kind of tried to plan it so that way it, uh, our series ended in April, so, or at least the series run of us recapping it ended in April. For me, coming into this blind and having no background in Twin Peaks, uh, the first couple episodes, I was like, "Oh, this is all hallucinations that could be explained by logic." Hmm. But then, the further I get into it, I was like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no something logic. else." Yeah. So what is your drink of choice? We well, always drink uh, a, the Laura Palmer, which is like a play on the Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we do tea-infused bourbon and lemon juice. And I put honey in mine, and Meredith just likes her tart. Yeah. Wow. Well, the funny thing is, is actually, was it the week we created this cocktail? Or like, Caitlin was actually in uh, Africa when Arnold Palmer passed away last year. Right. Mm. And I think it was like the week we created this cocktail. I was like, R.I.P. Arnold Palmer. And she's like, what? I had what? no idea. What? <laughs> yeah. I was like, R.I.P. Laura Palmer, right? She's like, no, Arnold Palmer. I was like, I'm lost. <laughs> what are you guys going to do before the uh, new series comes out? Fire walk with me. We're going to definitely make a specific cocktail for that. Uh, something spicy, a la fire walk with me. So, No uh, fireball, though. No. We're against that. <laughs> <laughs> so be on the lookout for that. That one will be a much longer uh, hot take. Yeah, and we're going to have a guest on for that one yes. wow. as well. Do you know anything about fire walk with me at all? Nope. So, I, know, I, don't. I know a little bit, but I've tried to limit my information. Okay, I that's do good. know that I'm pretty sure it was booed at Khan yeah. when it was premiered Can't, there, correct? Yeah, 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 but it's good. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. It's a heavy should, movie. Should I it's say a heavy movie. Yeah. Time or anything? Or do I it's about two hours. No, no. <laughs> do you know what time period takes place in, or is that a mystery too? Or I don't want to give anything no, away. Also a mystery. Wait, <laughs> I know part of part of it is a prequel. As far as I I'm know. learning all of this right oh, now. Oh, I'm going to ruin it then. Ben's ruining it. It's okay. It's okay. No. It's a, no, I mean, we just, we like to go in on it blind because it, then it just, also for us, it kind of creates this more fun atmosphere for us when yeah. we're just yeah. kind of like yeah, yeah. bouncing it off back and forth also, as far as the ideas of, of what this episode or show or whatever is about. We're also like mid-20s women and we have absolutely no perspective on what Twin Peaks is or any of like the culture. So I, mm. it feels like, you know, we wanted to come into this fresh to see if it was, if it still held up. Yeah. Yeah. And did it? Uh, it took some work. <laughs> we we had to invest time in it, but afterwards, yes, it did. I think as like, you know, sensitive liberal snowflakes a little bit, there's certain <laughs> parts of the show that are cringy for us. Yeah, a I little would, bit. But I that would, I think is because it was the 90s. Yeah, uh, overall, I love the mythology and like the small town feel of the episode of the shows and also just like a story that takes place in a single location is super fun we pretty much came up with the idea that the town slogan of twin peaks is if you're under 18 down to peen all old men get their own young woman oh, yeah yeah, yeah. it's kind of cringeworthy and i write it off because i like the character but and it was the 90s but when you watch it now how harry truman manhandles josie so much you almost feel bad for her. Like she's That's like the only thing that made you crazy. <laughs> That's one thing I noticed right away that like she's a woman with like a lot of stuff happening, and he's just like, "I'm so sorry," and then just 
just jumps down her throat like oh, at every man. chance he gets. But like you're supposed to believe he loves her, but he's just a that's horn like dog. Almost all the men on the show, though. I mean, that's... not Cooper. Yes, that is very true. No, that's well, not Cooper. Not Cooper. Okay. And sure. I think that's yeah. why I like Cooper so much because you have a naked girl in his bed, and he's just like, no. That would be wrong. And I'm like, oh, the, thank I, you. The, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, but he's got a bit of a machine quality to him, you know? He, he's not really like, he's not, you know, like Truman is thinking with parts of his body. And yeah. Cooper is like all brain uh, all the time. Yeah. I do get what you're saying because Josie's essentially a slave the entire yes. the entire show. And the yeah. entire to series. a variety of people. So uh, he is a little hard on her. Considering. You know, considering. Yeah. What are the cringe moments, though? I mean... Oh, my gosh. Well, no, I'm asking you guys. I know what we think. As much as I love Pirate Lady, or Nadine, I should say, the her relationship with Mike is so inappropriate. Yeah. Nobody says anything. Yeah. No one stops her. No one stops her. It's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay, you guys. Yeah, they let her go on with that trade way too long. Also, Black Widow, you know, the fact that she's, like, using her wiles to seduce men, it's like... Yeah, but she obviously has some emotional problems if she's shacking up with, like, 90-year-old men. Like, can we yeah. address that and pretend like she's not the, the villain of this situation? Mm, yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah, most of our cringeworthy moments have to do with, like, the, the inappropriate sexual, sexual relationships. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the appropriate ones that aren't identified. Like, we think that uh, definitely Harry Truman and Cooper have some kind of tension. <laughs> And nobody's <laughs> nobody's addressing it. It's 2017. That's the you know, true love story of sex 20. is fluid. I'm uh, thinking maybe they they had a moment somewhere. They're bromance. The bromance. I mean, yeah. especially with the tension between Denise and Cooper. I mean, I just uh, feel like Cooper. Yeah, I, feel I think like Cooper's Cooper, up for whatever. I feel like Cooper's an open-minded, yeah, spiritual, loving human. Yeah, and I he agree. definitely had a, you know. He had a, a special place in his heart for Truman. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You should read his book. Then you'll really see he wasn't a machine. Dr. He has a lot of adventures <laughs> with the ladies. <laughs> oh, we're not doubting that. How can people follow you? Uh, how can they listen to your show? Best thing to do first is go to our website. It's therewillbedrinkingpodcast.com. It has all of our episodes, all of our cocktails we've ever made. Basically, our whole bio plus blood types are in there uh you can also subscribe on any podcast platform to there will be drinking or there will be drinking recaps twin peaks so uh any anywhere you get your pods you can listen there and then follow us on twitter and instagram at twbd podcast and on facebook at twbdpodcast.com we're throwing a viewing party in brooklyn for the premiere of the new show. Wow, that's awesome. Cool. Throwing the viewing party on Monday night. Yeah. Oh. Because we're going to do, we're okay. doing a live podcast recording after. <gasps> nice. So we'll have an audience. Nice. Yeah, which will be really fun. And we're doing it at a brewery and there's like dollar off drafts and food and anything. But um, we're that's definitely awesome. going to be watching it alone together yes. on Sunday. In okay. a hall. In a hall. A with our <laughs> writing yes. down notes. Vigorously writing down notes. There was some news released recently, you were telling me, Meredith, that David Lynch said that you don't have to watch the episode sequentially. Yeah, there yeah. was an interview yeah, about it's that. it's going to be interesting. Which makes me feel like they're doing something different, which is good, because if they were going to do the same thing that they did for the original Twin Peaks, I don't know if it would catch on. I mean, we're in the golden era of television, and yeah. it would be really hard to compete with what we have. So I I'd like to see something different. Yeah, I mean, sure. it's clear that television shows owe Twin Peaks a lot uh, and borrow from their, their oh, format yeah, a lot. definitely. Um, I mean, it's totally a groundbreaking television show. Would I want to put it on today as like a, would someone, if someone referred this to me and I watched a couple episodes, would I keep watching? 
I'm not sure. Through our generation, I think it's kind of diluted by everything else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're, you know, The Sopranos came out when we were children. So, mm. like, we're already setting a high bar for good television. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, true. And the interesting thing is that, you know, they, they're kind of calling this new series a movie. It's going to be like a movie. And it'd be interesting, you know, you watch Fire and Walk With Me. It's different from Twin Peaks, so it'll be interesting. I, I'm hoping that it's a little bit of Twin Peaks, the series, and it's a little bit of Fire and Walk With Me, and then they kind of mix it together yeah. and you get a whole new beast. And, I, and I'm hoping for that. Yeah. Well, I I wonder if, you know, Twin Peaks, the series was unique because it was a mix of what David Lynch wanted and what the network wanted. Whereas Mm. I think this time Showtime is is just going to let them do let him do whatever he wants and trust him. And that and that might not mean the same formula as the original show. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not season two. Yes, yes. Definitely the middle not of season, season two. Yeah, no season be, two. Thank you. Please leave it's gonna be little two Nikki's. at home when this new series comes out. <laughs> little, little Nikki, the series. Yeah, it's actually, they said Little Nikki is oh. going to be featured in this whole season three. <laughs> a, a spi- this is just a spinoff about Little yeah, Nikki. Little Nikki spinoff oh, no. starring Adam Sandler. Oh, oh God. No. I'm that would kidding. be terrifying. Yeah. I mean, we literally bought. Best friend necklaces. Oh yeah, oh. we have we have best the, like the same ones that got buried in the dirt. We wear wow. them. Yep, I'm wearing it now. That's awesome. <laughs> Is it a heart? And you guys can break it off and each have a heart, a half of a heart. heart. Exactly. It's they're replicas from the shell. Ah, oh. nice. <laughs> I think Ben and me, we need to get a pair of those. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or like anklets. <laughs> oh. Now you're getting crazy. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, yeah, well, thank, thank, thank you, you for having us. All right, we are on the phone with M and Steve from Sparkwood in 21. So Thanks for having us. This is the crossover episode. We were on your show. You're on our show. This is pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. We've been wanting to talk to you forever. I mean, I love your show. I think you guys are awesome. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. I think you guys are awesome, too. How did you get started with Sparkwood in 21? I originally wanted to do this um, with Paul and Steve initially, but we decided not to do it because Paul didn't want to pull another show that um, was no longer current out Mm. and cover that like we did with our first show. So I just said, okay. And I started listening to Fire Talk with me. And then they announced that the you know, Twin Peaks was coming back and I said to see, we have to do this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we, just I was got- on board with it right away because Twin Peaks is the first television show that, um, M got me into long, long time ago. And I, I've loved it ever since. And after we had done, um, Spartacus and I think what a season of Vikings or yeah, I believe it was just, just one. one season yeah. maybe. But anyway, you know, the, it just seemed like a great fit. It's like, why aren't we doing this show? It's just one of those shows. If somebody asked us earlier, like, what do you, what would you do for your dream podcast? podcast would be like well twin peaks for sure and then there was a couple of others it just made sense it was the right time to do it now you guys are a network you guys have a a bunch of podcasts that you do and the network name is no ship network and i've always wondered to me it makes me think of no shippers like relationships what why (laughs) a lot of people think that i know it's like you guys are are you guys you guys are married so like you guys but you guys are about relationships and what why (laughs) it's kind of it's kind of yeah what it Uh. comes from is the author Frank Herbert wrote a series of books, uh, the Dune series, ah. and it starts with Dune, and then but there's six novels in the main body of work that he authored himself, and in the last few there is a ship inside of it, and it's called the No Ship, huh. and it's a, a shorthand name for a technology that's 
undetectable by any sort of radar or even prescience or things wow. like that. So it's just invisible to any way that anybody has technological or otherwise of finding these things out. And we thought it was just kind of cool because all three of us, we're all into Frank Herbert. We've all read the novels mm. or most of them anyway. It just really fit. M came up with the name and I totally agreed with it. One of the things that I like about the name is that it, I like that kind of elusiveness to it. You know, it just makes me feel like we can't be pinned down to anything. So anywhere we want to go with this, we can we can do stuff. But it is funny. A lot of people think that we just we're just against couples. And we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not really the case, because if you listen to our podcast, it's like sometimes we are shippers and then other times we're no shippers. Yeah. <laughs> so, M, how is your show different from other Twin Peak podcasts? Oh, um, well, initially, when we first started, there was only a handful of Twin Peaks podcasts. And it seemed like I would say the majority of them were taking a new person through. And um, and I decided we wouldn't do that because first of all, Paul didn't want to do it. So we would just go ahead and just talk about it by spoiling it, you know, just from the very beginning. And so that way we could discuss the whole episode as a whole. And it was really actually just a side project for No Ship Network. So we weren't really making it this major podcast as far as like our efforts, but it ended up growing to be much more than that, especially once feedback started rolling in. They actually helped educate us with fan theory because we were mostly focusing on our takes and we really didn't immerse so much in what the whole community was saying. I would say that's the major crux of our podcast or for a lack of a better term. That's uh, I think what most people come to listen to our podcast for is to hear that discussion mm. at the end. And Em, what I liked was that this was kind of a spoiler cast. From day one you did the pilot, you guys spoiled stuff, which is I think for somebody who's seen the show a million times, it was nice to go in there and say, okay, we don't have to, you know, we can't tell you who the killer is till it's revealed. I, I like that about your show. Mm. And I think it was, for, for doing this show, it was sometimes hard because Brian didn't know. One. It was really hard to like try to do the show. And it's like, oh, I'd love to be able to talk about the killer and, and what he's doing, but I can't say it because Brian's not there. So I love that about your show, that you, right from day one, you guys are going to share everything about Twin Peaks. And we put warnings everywhere. We spoil. <laughs> <laughs> wherever we could that's a that's a big thing with podcasts these days is you you have somebody who is experienced kind of like your, your dynamic you know somebody who's experienced and someone who's never seen it before mm. and i think that works for a lot of people we because, did that with spartacus yeah we oh. did that with spartacus because em and i had watched it and paul hadn't so he was our noob and you know so it's a, it's a really good template to go by and it has a lot of appeal but we just thought that spark one and 21 we would just let people who are really into the show be able to just jump into the deep end in episode one and i, th I think it kind of paid off and steve did em spoil the twin peaks series for you <laughs> by showing you firewalk with me first <laughs> actually no this has actually been a gift believe it or not wow. this is this is the best thing that could have happened to me and let me explain why so i hadn't seen a whole i hadn't seen anything in david lynch's catalog with the exception of dune and lost highway that's it that's all i had seen hmm. in 1999 and then um m got me into david lynch and she said okay you're gonna get into twin peaks we're gonna watch this show and she had been talking about it so we sit down and watch it and in that first night we watched rented vhs tapes from the local blockbuster vhs rental place or it was a network i can't remember <laughs> and some it's a local small place. town let me tell you we didn't have a, a very huge selection I yeah and to... this is before you could stream stuff on the internet so it's, you know <laughs> a, a lot of lot less resources and everything than there is now no netflix and stuff so we're going way back here so we watched the pilot on vhs and then we went straight straight into Firewalk with me. As strange as that might sound to people nowadays, I felt like I got a really comprehensive story 
I was, mm. it was weird. It was strange. It was all the things that Twin Peaks is. But I felt like I kind of had a leg up on everybody because I was able to watch <laughs> the series later on, like the next year or so, whenever we got a hold of the original VHS box set. We moved to a big city and we were able to go and, and buy it. <laughs> and yeah. Rent it. And, and so whenever we watched that, I felt like I, I had an advantage because I'm watching these characters and they don't know who the killer is. Uh-huh. And I'm not going along with the journey with them. I'm kind of watching it from the, the outside. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you're not in the middle of the mystery trying to play the sleuth. I already knew what happened. So I was just able to kick back and enjoy all of its quirkiness, all of its singularity, everything that made it the cool show that it is and always has been. And for that, I always feel fortunate. I, I feel like it was just a, a very um, neat way. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm lacking adjectives here, but it was a really cool way to watch the show. And I, I'm glad that I did it that way. So I don't consider it spoiled or, or anything was ruined for me. I just saw it from a different angle right from the get-go. That's cool. And that I, I, also, cool. I also wonder about like, so like there's a point where Annie's in the bed with Laura and she says, Cooper's <laughs> in the Black Lodge and can't get out or he's in the, the Red Room and can't get out. I mean like, you just think, oh, this is just weird, crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> oh, for sure. At that point I was like, I don't know what the fuck this chick is talking about. <laughs> I don't know who she is, where she came from, why is she here? You know, why is Heather Graham on this movie mm. all of a sudden? You know, so yeah. it's, it's one of those things. It all made sense in the end. Nice. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> as as much as Twin Peaks ever makes sense, right? So, M, how did you get the role of recapping the shows and movies? For the majority of our podcasts, I do that because um, I'm the one that just does it. I, I just I, I want to make this happen. So um, if in order for this podcast to exist, I have to do it. <laughs> M is the heart and soul of No Ship Network. She does the Aww. vast, vast majority of the work. This includes recapping. This includes editing. She does 100% of the editing, pretty much 100% of the social media work. And uh, uh, Paul and I are basically just hangers on. So I, I show up and talk in front of a microphone and I, you know, help break down the equipment sometimes. Steve writes all the recaps for Ash vs. Evil Dead and he's also stepped in and he's done for, you know, a couple for Twin Peaks as well as Penny Dreadful. And he's also going to be writing our recaps for American Gods. So wow. He's, wow. he's done quite a bit. That's just pinch hitting. But I mean, that's, but that is the answer to the question. It's just Steve works a lot. He um, works, especially at that time, he had to work a minimum of 55 hours per week. And then mm. we also have wow. a long commute to get home. So if you add that to the days and stuff like that. So even though I have a full-time job I have more time at the house to actually get a lot of this done Hmm. and I'm just driven to do it I love podcasting so I'm willing to do the work and so when you guys finished the series and you finished the movie how did you decide what to do next we knew we wanted to cover um, as much of the official media as possible with of course with the exception of the Twin Peaks trading cards that's not really official but it was fun to do (laughs) Um, and then um, because we wanted to thank Joel Daniel, Tyler, John, and Jubal for writing in. They were such a big part of our podcast. We wanted to give them a chance to speak as well. So that's why we recorded them and gave them their their hour or or more <laughs> in some cases. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think Joel's was like almost three hours long. Wow! Wow! Uh, and I love that you did the trading cards. I think that was awesome. I I don't think we could ever pull no. that off, but you guys did a great job doing <laughs> yeah. the Twin Peaks. I mean, like I don't think anybody. I don't think you'll ever find a Twin Peaks podcast that would spend a whole show on the on the on the cards but it was awesome i loved it i'm so glad that you did that we had fun doing it but you know in hindsight i don't know <laughs> it's like it, i remember kind of that afternoon idea. like it like it was just a couple of weeks ago it was, it was a fun time because yeah, i remember fun. sitting side by side with her and we're looking at these and we divided them up 
and we decided who would read this one and you pull out the next card and you're like oh joy i got this one and then when you get a cool one you're just like if you get cooper you're psyched yeah. and then when you get josie you're just like i'm just gonna flick that one right over <laughs> so are there other twin peaks podcasts that you listen to i listen to you guys a lot i listen to counter esperanto i really love their angle actually yeah, um, awesome. it's really cool. and i've been checking out bickering peaks I listened to Twin Peaks Peaks today, actually. I had started listening to Fire Talk with me at the initially, but then I quit. As I, we were recording, I didn't listen to anything mm. because Steve and I tried to have our own take mm. um, yeah. when we would, you know. And so it was always, always hard with feedback, too. Sometimes I would skim it, but I would try not to read it because I didn't want, like, stepping on somebody's toes, like if they had an idea or something like that. Yeah. So, Anyway. I was the same way. I'd listen to Sparkle Room 21 regularly. And it's like, and we, they, I think you guys were going to cover like the Laura Palmer diary. And then we were going to do that. And it's like, oh, I can't listen to your show. I have to like, <laughs> I have to save it for till we're done doing our show. Yeah. And then I could, because I didn't want to like steal your ideas. It's like, well, Emma and Steve thought this. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, and it's not even something that you would do in, intentionally. I yeah. mean, these things just seep in. I mean, I read, you know, Helen Keller's story and she was accused of plagiarism and she doesn't mm. know, you know, why that happened. Or in fact, um, it was Alexander Graham Bell was one of her mentors, and he was really disappointed in her. And anyway, I don't know why I'm going off about that, but that's – it's just like – it's just one of those things that you got to try to just avoid the the influence if you can if you want to try to have as fresh of a take as, as possible. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We're actually one week away from the new series. What are your plans when the series starts? What, what do you guys plan on doing, and do you have you even thought beyond the show? It's going to be our busiest – podcasting season yet. Uh, we're actually going to be covering three shows. Steve, like I said, is going to be doing the recap for American Gods, and I'll be writing the recap for Twin Peaks. Um, we'll probably try to have a tighter recap um, for time constraints and mm -hmm. also to open up more discussion in the middle part of the podcast. And we want to stick to our format where we have feedback that they also write in. and we. Um, but we want to try to have feedback that's not as prolific as um, the previous episodes that we had, we, we've already like put out the word that we would like to have like just one to two paragraphs so we can mm -hmm. allow more people to come in. Because on our like Vikings podcast, we have like sometimes 22 people writing in at once wow. for one podcast because wow. we don't want to exclude anybody. So in order to be able to include everybody, we need to tighten it up a little bit. Mm. And you're going to have Paul on the show with you for Twin Peaks? Yes. So Paul's going to come in and he's going to be our third co-host, obviously. And um, he's just watched the um, series for the first time. And we're going to have a preview podcast where we're going to find out his thoughts on it because he's been refraining from telling us <laughs> hmm. this whole time. And um, and he's going to uh, pretty much function as the new Twin Peaks watcher because, awesome. you know, there's going to be a lot of people wow. who are coming into Twin Peaks for the first time who are going to check it out because it's a, it's now on Showtime and maybe have always been interested in it. And, um, and he... I think is going to bring that perspective that Steve and I do not have. And his he's probably going to ask questions that Steve or I would not ask hmm. of each other. So I think it will help enhance the discussions. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that. And what are your hopes and fears, Em and Steve, on the new series? I, I guess I'm just like everybody else with the hopes. I hope that it touches on all of the right 
things that I've always felt that Twin Peaks is about. There's There's got to be certain touchstones and callbacks that are there. Like, I, I want there to be a newness, but I, I also want there to be that sense of familiarity, the, a little bit of nostalgia. Not just nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. I want them to, to have it be a vital part of the story. But I So this might sound a little bit trite or whatever, but I want there to be pie and coffee. Yes, you know? yes. I, I want to see scenes in the Double R Diner. All of those little things that made Twin Peaks what it is. So I, I hope we get that. I hope we get a lot of Cooper. I don't know how. Yes. Yeah. I don't know necessarily <laughs> what form that's going to take. But I definitely want to see a lot of Cooper. I want to see a little bit more of Gordon Cole. I want to see follow-ups on the relationships. Hmm. You know, who who uh, actually was able to get married and have kids mm-hmm. um, who's still having a secret affair who's who's doing this who's doing that and I also want there to be a not I don't want to say strong but I want there to be a definite supernatural overtone mm-hmm. you know coming definitely. through because I think they did that really well not so interested in the UFO stuff but yeah. that's just me but um the fears I do have a little bit of a fear that you, you know with the information that's kind of leaked in over time about the different locations that they're mm-hmm. using to shoot that that we're not going to get as much in the town of Twin Peaks and that that mm-hmm. would kind of be disappointing because I mean it, the show's called Twin Peaks yeah. it's centered yeah. around that that's a it's a confluence point of all of these different things so that's a that's a fear of mine, and I I don't want it to be too modern. Hmm. I know that sounds weird. No. I mean, I know there's going to be cell phones, and there's going to be newer cars, and there's going to be people with laptops and things like that. And I, I don't mind the updates in technology by any stretch, but I just don't want it to be too modern. You said you want more Cooper. Would you be happy with more bad Cooper? Actually, yeah, I would. <laughs> right. Not not because that's necessarily what I want, but I just want. Uh, let me just say this: I just I want Kyle MacLachlan to have a lot of screen time. Mm, yeah, one yeah, way yeah. or the other. Works for me. Yeah, I think you will get a lot. More Cooper because David Nevins, who's like the the chatty Kathy of those who are in the know, he did say that the core of it is Agent Cooper's odyssey back to Twin Peaks. Yeah, um, cool. a lot of people like to say that he failed the test in the Red Room. Mm. I think he's actually still in the the test. Mm. So I think this could be a hero's journey. Maybe not necessarily his hero's journey because I think of like Orpheus and Eurydice and how Orpheus had to go down to Hades to try to bring Eurydice back from the dead and then he made the mistake of looking behind them and then she got sucked back into Hades and so maybe there's something like that along the lines going on here with Cooper and Laura and maybe Laura is going to be the one that brings him out but she maybe gets left behind Hmm. as a result but overall like I don't really have a lot that I'm trying to hang my hopes on because I'm trying to empty out my expectations Hmm. and that's why I don't have any fears (laughs) also um I also i I have a lot of trust in David Lynch, and I I keep kind of thinking about Fire Walk With Me because I know he's saying that this is going to be one long film, and so I, I think about that the most. I'm really intrigued by the um, EW article where James Marshall said that his role, however, is like small, but is going to be very significant. Mm. And what does that mean? Because yeah. you heard a lot about his mother. I think we were actually supposed to meet her at one point because didn't they even cast her? Yeah, they, I think they that, filmed her. And that, that never happened. Mm. And she always like kind of was like this person that I think his quest for love from Laura was like a stand-in for his mother love in a way. So there, there's probably some kind of connection there and maybe mm. we'll actually get to meet his mother that will be the significance in some way or it could just be like a new rendition of just you and maybe it'll be rocking (laughs) so one more thing I'm I'm interested to kind of have more of a concrete idea where the denizens fall on the spectrum of good and evil I want to know more about the Tremonts and uh, Chalfonts like 
what are they exactly? Because they they seem like harbingers, but at the same time, they are they hunters of Bob, you know, because mm. they, they kind of like hover around those events. You know, as far as like John Bernardi's like theory about earthquakes, where he talks about these events, I think there's something to that. I watched um, Nick Cave's documentary uh, recently about, um, it's called One More Time with Feeling, and he had trauma in his life. And he talks about time being elastic and how you kind of like move on in time, but you kind of get snapped back to that particular event in your life. Wow. And I watched that the same time that I listened to uh, Counter Esperanto's like tribute to Laura, and they were talking about the trauma in her life and so like that's all kind of like meshed into my brain i'm like mm. oh that's going to be season three <laughs> so that's what i'm thinking right now but i'll be thinking something different next week cool yeah that's cool <laughs> that's awesome well thank you Stephen m for yeah. coming on the show can you tell us how can we follow you how can we check out your your podcast yeah just go to the website it is www.noship.com Dot net and that's our webpage and you can see everything that we do so we have the spark 21 all of the other television shows that we podcast on it's all there in one nice neat little website nice awesome and the same week right now if you go check out spark 21 we are being interviewed by steven m i'm nervous <laughs> i don't like being interviewed <laughs> We are going to grill you guys. Oh, oh no. man. It's going to be an interrogation. Not an it's going to be tough. Uh, thanks so much. Well, little fella, we don't need any outside help around here. I don't like you people sniffing around my neck of the woods. In fact, when the state boys called me about a J. Edgar coming up here, I think I said, so what? Hi, Gary. This is Ben. And Brian. I didn't know that you're a writer and you've got a new book coming out. wrote a, a screenplay mm. several years ago when I was in L.A., science fiction, romance sort of thing, called Elsewhen. I shopped that around a bit and I didn't get anywhere with it except I got all kinds of unwanted advice from many different people. What happens with screenplays? And I finally said, no, I don't think I want to do that anymore. I'm going to write it as a book. So I did. I wrote the first one's called Elsewhen, obviously. It was not a good experience. I had self-publishing with a company that turned out not to be particularly in my best interest. But down the road, here we are, and I thought, really, really like these characters so much. And the the response from people who'd read it were were like, hey, Ken, when's the sequel coming out? And I hadn't really thought about it. So I went and uh, wrote a sequel. And what I've done, the book that's coming out is called The Elswin Gene. And that's not Blue Gene. (laughs) The first part of the book is actually a rehash of the first one. Because it was very short. It was a novella size. Hmm. So what we have now is a two-parter in which the second part just continues on from the first. It's the story of two young geniuses who grow up together in a little farming community out in the in the uh, mythical American Midwest. And uh, because they are they are different, they gravitate toward each other and they become soulmates. And they become soulmates at the age of eight. And so they're just inseparable through their lives. Mm. Uh, they grow up together and they get uh, scholarships off to wherever together. They have unique talents. The girl is able, although she didn't understand what was happening when she was very young, she is able to step into alternate realities. Mm. Now, what she thinks is what's happening is that there, there are people visiting her that she 
that are just strangers and she sees them and they converse and then they go away. It's like the equivalent of people seeing ghosts. They seem to be real and um, in this case, it's the other way around. The people she thinks might be ghosts are really real people and they're seeing her wondering where the hell she came from. Is it a sci-fi story? Oh, goodness, yes, of course. (laughs) It's a sci-fi romance, yes. Awesome. Back before I I jumped into acting as as a profession, I used to work as a software engineer at a radar site in Massachusetts many years ago. We tracked junk in space and uh, did a lot of other sorts of stuff, upper, upper atmospheric work and all that. Several years there, I absorbed a lot about this place. And of course, my education at that point had been science and mathematics. So I used that as a springboard for my story, actually, uh, where we take up the story when these two young young ones become adults, is uh, that one of them is working at this same place, although I give it a different name. Hmm. Anyway, there's, there's these unique talents between these two people. One of them sees time as non-existent, but she is a, she is a, a advocate of the multiverse theory. Hmm. In other words, all events in our world exist simultaneously, whether present, past, or future, in different wow. multiverses. Like it. This is her contention, and actually it's the contention of others as well. It's not, it's not something I pulled out of the air. Boyfriend, so to speak, or her soulmate, has the ability to see forward in time. Hmm. One of them sees time side to side, the other one sees it front and back. Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> Something like that. Sort of like Twin Peaks. It makes me think of Twin Peaks because we always have these theories about Twin Peaks. Even Mark Frost recently had a book that came out, The Secret History of Twin Peaks, and we have all these theories. Red Room was a different world, uh, had no time. Yeah, so all these things. Yeah, it's really interesting, the whole time and alternate realities. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It sounds sounds really good. It's not a new concept, actually. Mm. I mean, the whole idea of it uh, has been toyed with for some time uh, among serious physicists. So, uh, yeah, I've I've enjoyed the idea of it. Uh, The idea of it here is that she possesses disability simply because it's a genetic trait. And it's one of those hidden traits that only surfaces in some people Mm. uh, and under certain circumstances. Uh, That's the way I tend to explain it. Yeah. Maybe part of the uh, part of our ability to mm, deal with danger yeah. uh, without giving away too much of the right. story. She uh, she uses it to save her own life. That's really yeah. cool. It's yeah. Sort of, no, it's not out yet, right? It's available for pre-order right now. Yes, it is. If you go to go read go read g o r e a d go read dot com, that's where my I have a, an author page there which has a trailer for the book. Mm. And I'll tell you, it's a very nice trailer, too. Mm. If it doesn't grab you, I don't know what will. And a way to order the book. But you go to goread.com. I think you can do slash book slash Elswin Gene might do it for you. But go read, and if you have to do a search on my name, that 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 will get it to you too. It's not been officially launched yet. It won't be until the end of this month, and after that point, it'll be on on uh, Amazon, of course, probably Barnes and Noble as well. I really am intrigued with the. I love the whole like the time travel, yeah. kind of and uh, dimensional thing. It's it sounds cool. I yeah. have to pick it up. It, it could be a good summer read or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's characters that are dear to my heart. After having written them originally, I just couldn't let them go. Mm-hmm. They're just country kids who speak with an elevated language. Not They don't speak in, in you know slang or anything like that. They speak very, very precisely. 
They are soulmates to the end, and they're also very basic people. I just love these characters. So, Gary, it's almost been 25 years since Fire Walk With Me came out. I can't believe that it's been that no, long. No, neither can I. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a while, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you remember how you got hired, how you got the part for uh, Sheriff Cable? Sure, yeah. It was the first part I, well, it was actually it was the first movie part I got when I was uh, moved to uh, to Hollywood. Mm. Fortunate enough to get an agent very quickly who has since, I'm so- sorry to say, has passed away. Mm. He had a whole stable of character actors. That was what he was known for. Mm. And Johanna Ray and he knew each other. Mm. And she was casting Fire Walk With Me and David submitted me for this part. David Sachs was his name. Mm. And so I went in, I did the thing and then I came she called me back to meet uh, David it was probably the most unique uh, audition I'd ever done because we never read anything from the script Hmm. we just sort of talked about this and that and the other thing and uh, I think we talked about the character a bit because I I certainly was familiar with the character because Hmm. I come from the south and he was as far as I was concerned he was just a a redneck Hmm. asshole sort of guy you know uh, he was protecting his bailiwick and all that sort of thing and it was pretty simple to me yeah but at any rate it was really pleasant i mean uh, it was the most pleasant audition i ever had and i thought well okay you know there it is and so forth you have to forget these things when you go away from auditions or they drive you crazy and then i got the call and said yeah he wants, wants to use you and so there we were and went out and spent a week with the uh, stunt coordinator working out the fight scene and then, of course, <laughs> have it cut. <laughs> uh, I know. So I've been a fan since the beginning. I saw Firewalk Me in the theaters when it originally came out. And I think maybe it was within that year or so after that, I'd heard there was these missing scenes. And the big one was there was a fight. <laughs> you had a fight. So I, for like over 20 years, I'd waited to see this footage. And then it came out and the missing pieces. How did you feel? Did you get to actually see your, your fight scene? Well, uh, until, the, until the DVD came out, yeah. no, I hadn't seen it. I thought. Hmm. Okay, fight scene. <laughs> I remembered it being done and how it actually turned out. And I thought, well, I can sort of see why they might have cut that. Uh, it was great uh, to see. I'm so glad it, that I, they put it out there, though. It was something yeah. to see. Oh, I am too. I mean, I mean, I, we we spent a lot of time doing that. But you know, when it push came to shove, we had so much time during that day to get the stuff done, the work done, Hmm. and we were losing the light. It was like, okay, let's rush through this thing. And if David didn't like the way something was being done, it's sort of like everything that stunt coordinator told told us to do or presented uh, wasn't really something that that rang true with David. I don't think that was the way it was. I may be misremembering this. We just threw stuff together as quickly as we could. And of course, because you're losing a light, you don't Mm -hmm. get coverage. You don't have time for coverage. I got one insert shot of me bending the steel thing. You know, and uh, and that was about all we could do. Went over to Richard Oswald, the second AD, and we went over and did that. Uh, do you have a story some... about bending steel? I mean, p- people can't really bend steel. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, when when I first arrived, the first thing they wanted to do was to take the take the steel shot that is on the wall in the sheriff's office. Oh yeah. He knows that, because you know, they make a point of showing you. Yeah. You look up there and there, I am bending steel, you know, those kind of <laughs> things. 
So uh, they made up this newspaper, fake newspaper piece. And so we went out to some park there. They just ran me out somewhere and set up and they said, here's the piece of steel here. And, and, it's, and it's already pre-bent, of course, because it was real <laughs> rebar. Wow. But, you, but I heard the story about how they had to bend it because nobody there could do it. Yeah. Nobody could, could possibly do it. I yeah. mean, it's one of those things that is really impossible to do. Here I am, this tall, thin, skinny guy, <laughs> bending a piece of steel rebar. Well, it's just ridiculous, of course. Yeah. I mean, I've tried to make up things in my head like, okay, he's a... He's a, you know, has the magic arts or something. He's going to learn something in the East or <laughs> some other bullshit to explain this thing. They told me they actually used the lift on one of the on the, one of the trucks to actually bend the bar. Wow. They brought the lift up, put the bar under it, and then lowered the lift to bend it. Wow. So there I'm standing with this thing, <laughs> this piece of steel. So they take the picture. I thought, well, that was cool. When we're actually doing the, doing the stuff in the scene, all of those rebars that were sitting around were actually, you know, were stunt rebars. You could, uh, bend, you could tie them in knots. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I have a picture of myself with one tied in a knot. Nice. Oh. So what was it like uh, actually working with David Lynch? I mean, he seems like a very unique oh, director. Was, he's a pleasure to work with. Yeah. My goodness. Most unique type of direction. Of course, David is laid back as they come. Hmm. And... The only direction he gave me that, that stuck with me all of these years, this is on dialogue, you know, he says, okay, slow down. Uh. Slow way, 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 way down. <laughs> he said, when it gets to feel like it's so uncomfortably slow, that's about right. Uh. <laughs> and you think about the pace of the yeah. show. Yeah. The way the, and the Angelo Badalamenti music behind it, and this kind of heartbeat kind of boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It all just fit together. He said, you don't realize this. I'm just hearing the music in my head while wow. you're doing this. <laughs> wow. Okay. I think your performance is amazing, too, because of that, because you just kind of take it very slow, and it seems like you're in command of your, your oh, position. Yeah. So I, I yeah. think it really did it, work. It was among the best direction I've ever received, actually. Some people just want you to get on with it, and uh, whatever comes out, comes out. But yeah. he was very specific, and he was absolutely right. When he said that, I thought, oh, yeah, damn, of course. I was a fan of the show to start with, so I kind of grooved into the the pace. Mm, that's thought, awesome. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely right. Everything is so slow and deliberate. Everybody... Well, particularly, you know, Kyle McLaughlin, you just take your time and let, mm. let all the words count and whatever comes out is, is just beautiful that way. I quite enjoyed it, yeah. yeah. So you say you're a fan of Twin Peaks. Do you think you'll be watching it when the, the when the new show comes out? We have to wait for that because where we live, uh, we don't have any television. Ah, oh, wow. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm not sad about that because there's so much of it that's just, just, you know, mind-draining dribble. Yes. That uh, we watch everything by just getting Netflix or yeah. whoever, you know, yeah. the DVDs. So we'll probably watch it later on. Or if we're lucky and a friend or somebody has whatever, and they'll say, hey, why don't you watch that? That would be fine. But no, we're not going to be seeing it anytime soon. But yeah. I'd love to, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'd love to actually be in uh, Snoqualmie uh, filming it with them, too. I know. But... <laughs> you should be there. Yeah. We were talking earlier. It's like, how I can don't we... think that's part of the plan. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe they'll come back. Maybe they'll do another season and we'll have to get Sheriff Cable. Yeah. On well, if, you could, nope. if you could picture Sheriff Cable right now, where do you think he would be in the Twin Peaks universe? Like, where, where does he land? 
<laughs> well, one, one, one thought that I pitched at one point was, and it was purely tongue-in-cheek, I said, Sheriff Cable, after having his butt handed to him, he decided to, you know, to quit law enforcement and start writing and wrote romance novels, which uh. of course is what I had already written. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, that is good. I like that so, answer. So I just simply patterned my own life. Yeah, I love it. And now, uh, a very special guest, uh, Mr. Scott Ryan, or as we like to call him, Mr. Warmth. He's on the phone today. Scott does it all. He's got his Red Room podcast. He's got the Blue Rose magazine. He's got all these other podcasts. He's got his 30-something book. You're amazing, Scott. A man of many trades. (laughs) Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. You know, I've just got things to say, and i got to get him out there. We're going to talk about... The Laura Palmer Diaries that was just released in Audible. Have you had a chance to listen to it yet, Scott? I have. I had pre-ordered it. Obviously, something like this is, you know, a great product. You know, when you think about what's been coming out, some of it has been top shelf and some of it maybe not so much Mm -hmm. or that excitement. But this is something that fans have been clamoring for forever. Yeah. And... I've been listening to it, and I gotta say, you know, from someone who um, obviously has devoted a quarter of of a century to Twin Peaks, there's been part of me listening to this thinking, even the deepest fan can forget what this story is actually about. Hmm. I mean, the Laura Palmer Diary is a really, really hard thing to read and even harder to listen to it. There's mm-hmm. been times where I've just had to stop yes. and put it down and get away from it because, and it's all because Cheryl Lee is just phenomenal. She's acting her ass off. Yeah. I thought I was really impressed by, it. I mean, like I, I feel like you can kind of feel a little bit of her, of her real personality, the way she laughs, the way she acts. I can't, is this Laura Palmer or is this Cheryl Lee? I mean, I don't know. She's just really good. I mean, it's, it's more than just reading a book. She's, mm. her, her personality is, is coming through. Well, I'm really glad that you mentioned her laughing because she is laughing at words where I wouldn't think that you would laugh, mm. but it's because she's an actress. She's so far in it. And it's not like, you know, a guffaw or something. It's a nervous laugh because a lot mm. of what she's talking about is uncomfortable mm. and... I don't know. It's just, it's phenomenal. Um, Issue two of the Blue Rose, the centerpiece of issue two is the Laura Palmer diary. That's sort of what we're focusing on. Like, you know, issue one was focusing on Mark Frost's book. Mm. Issue two is focusing on the Laura Palmer diary. And so I've been writing about the diary because my essay in this one is about the diary. And I sort of, you know, I was talking about the history and everything, and then this Audible came out, luckily before we went to print, hmm. and I started listening to it, and I kept totally, re- I keep rewriting this, wow. this stupid thing, because it's just changing things for me, and I'll hear Cheryl do something, and I'm like, oh, you could talk about that, and it's just, I really hope that new Twin Peaks taps into this in some way, mm. into the seriousness and the darkness. And, I mean, she scared me. I, I did the dumb 
thing of listening to this on headphones in bed before I went to sleep one night. And she started voicing Bob and everything. Uh. And I was like, I'm out. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. These are going to give me nightmares through and through. So it's, it's a masterpiece. If anyone out there has been wondering, oh, should I get this diary? Should I not? You know, these are not the little pop figures that are, you know, fun and, and kind of dorky. Or the this jowls. is a real Twin Peaks product. Yeah. That, you know, you need to have an experience to remember what Laura Palmer went through. Um, Scott, I wanted to bring that up. Um, I haven't listened to it yet, uh, but I saw the chatter online about Laura doing the voice of Bob. Granted, could they have had an actor come in and play Bob? I, I don't know. Um, but does this kind of solidify anything about Bob? Does this change any Bob theories you might have that you actually have Laura portraying that voice? And does that change anything? Well, for me, it cements my first reaction to this book. So, you know, I'm one of those old timers. So I actually read the Laura Palmer diary before it showed up in the series Hmm. because it actually came out in... And this is what my article's about. I, I hate to spoil my good, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> my good thing, but uh, but um, you know, it came out 15 days before season two. Mm. And what I think is amazing is here's Audible releasing the diary just about 15 days wow. before wow. season three or New Twin Peaks comes out. And that parallel to me has been really really amazing and that's kind of what I've been writing about but but when I read it the first time I didn't know who Bob was because mm. if you remember in the first seven episodes you see Bob you know in Cooper's dream mm-hmm. in a flash with um, Sarah Palmer I mean you don't know who Bob is mm. you, you, you're not really even thinking about him so when I was reading this the first time I thought oh Laura's crazy And this is like an alter ego for her, because I thought, how could he really be talking through her? Because I didn't know he was a spirit. Sure. You don't have that information when you're, especially if you just go by episodes one through seven, maybe at the end of eight, you get a little bit of it. But even still, I didn't know he was a spirit. So I like that it's her because it continues with, Is it Bob? Is everything she writes as Bob actually Bob? Hmm. Or is Laura Palmer losing her mind? Hmm. The part that I had just listened to was when she first had sex with Bobby. Hmm. And she said that Bobby tells her that he loves her. And the first thing she thinks of is what Bob would do with that information. So she decides she's going to break Bobby, so Bob can't. Hmm. And then she wonders, did Bob make me do that, or did I do that? Hmm. And it'd be winning. So I, if it was another actor, I don't think it'd be as good. And plus, there's nobody scarier than Cheryl Lee. Like, she scares me. <laughs> It's and fun- her voice is amazing. It's funny that, you know, a while ago, I think Jen Lynch was joking on Twitter that she was going to play Bob, that she was going to, if they ever put the audiobook out, that she would do it. But the voice. You, you do wonder if it was save, about saving money, that it would probably be cheaper just to have one actor read all the parts. But 
it is really chilling to have her read Bob or narrate. It, it, it is her diary, so it would make total sense right. that it would be her reading all the voices, you know, you know, because it's all coming out of her True. pen, writing right. it down. So Yeah, and it, I mean, it's, it really has affected me in... You know, I mean, it's not that I don't think about it. You know, I really do consider, and I've always said, I'm, I like Twin Peaks so much more on the Laura Bob side than the Donut and Coffee side. Mm. And, you know, this is really dark. And it's also so well written. I mean, Jennifer Lynch should be so proud of this as mm. a piece of art, whether you've ever seen Twin Peaks. Or not. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's right. just a great piece of literature, and I don't know. I, I'm I'm seeing it in a completely different way, and it's in a strange way psyching me up hmm. for the darkness that I believe New Twin Peaks will be. I think it'll be very, very dark and disturbing, and 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 I think this is a great primer for it. Scott, you and I have been uh, fans of Twin Peaks since the beginning. I mean. <laughs> There seems to must be a lot of anticipation. Can't, no, I'm not speaking here. It's contagious. There's, there's a lot of excitement. We're only a week away from the new show. I mean, how are you feeling right now to be so close to uh, getting more Twin Peaks? Um, in in a lot of ways, I don't believe it. Um, <laughs> it's a nightmare. It's a dream. It's a dream. I yeah. I mean, it, I'm honestly, if if the day before Twin Peaks started, they said, "Oh, it's been pulled." <laughs> yeah, know? they're they're not showing it. I, I feel like I would not be surprised because I feel like Twin Peaks fans, you know, we're used to suffering. Yes. That's what, that's what we're, you know, what we're used to. I, I wrote a blog a couple of weeks ago about some of these feelings because I was like, you know, it, it's been since 92 since, <laughs> since it ended. And in that whole time, we really only got three things we wanted. And that was the music. Yes. And we got the right. We got we got that, and then we got the deleted scenes, mm. which was huge. huge. And then you know you got Mark's new book, but that's right. it. I it's mean true. that that's all new Twin Peaks. There, you spread that over twenty five <laughs> years. So, I mean that's a long time to wait. So the fact that week after week we're going to get something new is something I kind of cannot wrap my head around, nor do I believe it almost. Mm. And um, But that being said, I was thinking the other day that I'm so excited to stop saying, I'll see you in the trees, or this is going to be wonderful <laughs> and strange. And like all of those things that we say over and over and over, and there's going to be new things. You know Gordon Cole is going to say something mm. that we just all love. Mm -hmm. And that is going to be our new phrase that we greet each other with or oh, whatever. Yeah. And I'm looking forward. It's like we're discovering that the Beatles have, you know, four albums that none of us have heard. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're going to get these new Beatle albums. And we're like, what? <laughs> yeah, I think we've said this before. It's like, I'm always like, oh, I hope I don't die before <laughs> the show comes back. Or, right. Or now my, th my thing has been like, one of my daughters has thrown a remote at the TV in the past and broken my TV. I have another TV, but now I'm always like, kids, don't get near the TV. I need this TV to last <laughs> for Twin Peaks. Or yeah, something. right? <laughs> 
Well, at least now, you know, if it did happen, you could stream it on your phone. Or, you know, there will be ways. And I'm such a, a preparer that I checked to see when billions hits things. So I was like, okay, pretend that I had to watch Twin Peaks, but it wasn't on TV. So when is Billions put it up on the Showtime app? And, you know, it wasn't there at 9 o'clock. Hmm. But it was there at 10. So I'd be like, I might have to wait an hour or something. That's and that's okay. the Showtime anytime. That's but good I, to know. That's real good information to know. Yeah. yeah. And now what I'm planning on doing is buying Showtime through Amazon Prime because I've heard that you can download it to your device. Oh. And I'm going to be traveling quite a bit for the 30-something book during this time. So there's a lot of Sundays that I'm gone, and then also I've got a – we're going to be out at Awesome Con for a Twin Peaks event in yeah. June. You've done that before. And yeah, I'm so excited to do it again. It's, it's so much fun. But I'm still going to be traveling, so I was like, man, I need to download these so I can watch them on the plane back for the multiple of times that I'm going to want to watch every episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Boy, I – yeah, I'm trying to think. I want to do that. I want to have it downloaded. <laughs> I might just pay for it. Do you think it'll be available to, to pay as well, like iTunes? Or probably not. It'd yeah. probably be a... Well, usually iTunes and those guys do a subscription. Like you can buy the season for 20 bucks or yeah. something. Let's see. Yeah, you wish it was twenty dollars. I'm pretty sure it's a lot more than twenty. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Is it going to be more? Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in the forty to fifty range because I felt like I looked before and it was really expensive. Oh wow! I mean, if you have Amazon Prime. Adding the Showtime channel, I feel like, is in the 9.99 range, which is what their Showtime app is anyway. Yeah. So it kind of depends uh, what you're looking for and, and what you, how you want to watch it. Yeah. So I, ha- I do have Showtime as part of my cable uh, package, and I, I think I, I can stream it. And then I'm trying right. – I also have you know, a DVR or TiVo, and I'm try- sometimes TiVo will allow me to – to uh, download it and stuff, yeah, like and yeah. actually, but it, it's all about you know copy copy content or yeah, copyright. Who, who allows it, right? Yeah. yeah. My feeling is, this is just me. I want to pay for the Showtime app. I'm like I said, I'm gonna do it through Amazon so I can download it. But I figure, you know what, Showtime, you <laughs> brought back Twin Peaks for me. I can pay you nine ninety nine from now till September. Yeah, sure. thank you. Yeah, there you go. for yeah. doing it. So I'm really excited about that. So Scott, how do you think they're going to play it through the summer? Well, from what I've seen on Facebook, um, the last episode will be September third. It will be a two hour part, but I like thinking of it as the summer of peaks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what we're going to do with the Blue Rose which I'm really excited about, is our issue three is going to be an episode guide. And we're going to write it as it's going. So we are going to be published two weeks after Twin Peaks ends. So we're going to try to get it out as quickly as possible. We're going to try to hit, I'm advertising it as September 24th, so we stay on our... 24th Twin Peaks Day uh, release schedule, Mm -hmm. but it could even be sooner. It'll just depend on how quickly we get uh, the last two hours done. 
but that's all issue three is going to be. It's just going to be, you know, we're 22 pages with, you know, 24 with cover and back cover, but basically 22 content pages. There's 18 parts. So each page is going to get a review and a bit of theory. And then that leaves two pages to do a summary and one page for me to do my music in the air. Wow. Nice. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really good issue for people to have because we'll have just gone through it and, you know, we'll try to get it out as quick as we can, but you're going to be able to go through and we'll have what happened, but also try to connect a little bit of theory. I mean, I don't think we're going to be able to totally understand what we saw, but view it as we're capturing history as a first viewing. And have you guys even talked about how you and your staff will break up the episodes, or do you not want to get into that yet? We have not made a schedule yet, but it was kind of funny because I sort of had sort of an idea of how we would split it up, and I kind of pitched it to John, and he was like, well, I want to say something about every episode. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, So we're still working that out. We may have John write something for every episode at the bottom, like John's take or something. Yeah. But I think to have one person compile all that, which is, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And that's a lot. So we'll yeah. probably split it up amongst the staff with the idea that John may, <laughs> he <laughs> may right. reserve the right. Yeah. To, and of course we all want to hear what John thinks. So right. I was all for it. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. but we're going to do something special for that, which I'm really excited about. Awesome. That's cool. Well, it's it's so exciting, the Blue Rose magazine. I'm really pumped for issue two. There seems like a lot is happening. I still haven't figured out how you're going to get It's going to be a that. book. It's going to be a book. It's going to be huge. <laughs> how are you going to get it all into one issue? We are lowering the font, I believe. So get, <laughs> get the spectacles out. Yeah, I'm getting old here. A couple, <laughs> but I really feel, and I'm, I mean, I, I know you guys are nice enough to have us back for issue oh, two. Oh, anytime. I don't want to about it too show. much. Yeah. yeah. But, um... I feel that issue two is going to be the hardest issue for us to make and fans to accept because mm-hmm. obviously we have a print flag and we've also been writing and preparing. And so this is going to come out June 24th mm-hmm. and Twin Peaks is going to be rolling and we're going to, you know, so that's why we, we are going to have a three page thing on new Twin Peaks, but we don't want to go too deep because you've got to see it all. It is an 18-hour movie. Mm. So we're hoping people will be patient with issue two, and the way we're combating that is issue two kicks ass. Like, there's a (laughs) lot of content. So so we tried to do that because I was like, man, if I was at home, and you know, the magazine's going to get to your door on June 27th, let's say, and you know, you've watched four weeks of Twin Peaks that mm. we didn't, we hadn't seen when we wrote it and got it printed and packaged and all that stuff. So what would you want? Well, you'd want some great, great content. And mm. like I said, we'll be, we'll be back on your show to promote all that stuff. I do want to let people know that it does come with a Showtime giveaway card. That's where, awesome. And we're super excited that Showtime has agreed to partner with us. They're giving it to us to put in each issue too so go out and subscribe at bluerosemag.com or pre-order issue two but as many issue twos 
as you buy, that's how many cards you get. They are all the same, though. So I've had a couple of people ask me, which card am I getting? And I'm like, I don't know. There's, there's just one card. There's one card. Is it on either side, the image? Like, you flip it, it's on the other image. I thought there was a, a Laura and a Cooper. It is a Laura and a Cooper. And depending on how you hold the card, you see Laura or you see Cooper. Ah. Th- that is the, uh, the billboard in L.A., the billboard you walk toward it's like cooper and then when you get close to it like the image flips they got like a some sort of thing yeah i didn't know about this that yeah that is the card that's the card they're giving out to lord cooper so ben doesn't need to get two now i think he was no you don't need to get two (laughs) ben was gonna get two (laughs) but this is is really cool it's a collector's item and say again how would they be able to get the card they have to subscribe to get it you subscribe or order issue two you either way it's coming with every issue too now you should subscribe because when you subscribe you get the magazine at the pre-order price Mm. for issues two three and four and you get a little break on shipping so you could just get issue two but then you know are you going to remember to come back and order issue three and it's going to be the cool episode guide (laughs) and right now i will say that subscriptions are doing much better than issue two so it seemed like people really want to subscribe and not think about it. So yeah. definitely, I, that's what I did. I subscribe. I didn't want to think about it. It's like I don't want to have to worry about every yeah. every few months or so. Did I order or you know? I definitely would recommend people to subscribe. To subscribe, the, subscribe, like, subscribe. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you, Scott, for your time. I mean, this is so awesome. I I am so pumped. I can't believe we are one week away uh. from the series. It's crazy. <laughs> and if by chance I am dead by the time this plays. It's fine. It was bound to happen. (laughs) You guys all just enjoy it for me. Yeah. Maybe they'll do a dedicated to Scott Ryan on part seven or something. Whatever. So, Ben, that was our show. This is the last episode before we start season three recaps. How does it feel? It's been a great journey. I mean, I, I think we've covered so many different things. I mean, it was so awesome that we've gotten to cover the Georgia coffee commercials, and we've covered the Axis books, and, and we've covered log so much. Ladies. The log lady yeah. intros. There's so many things that we've covered that I think I think we've, we're in a good place, and we're ready for the new season, the new series. Yeah. I mean, oh, man. This is going to be exciting because we're, we're both going into this blind. This is interesting. It now. is. It's a, it's a whole We're all dis- on the same page. We're yeah. moving on to 3.0. 3.0. Twin Peaks Unwrap 3.0. Same great taste, <laughs> just a new luck. <laughs> One of our goals, we hit two of them this week, Ben. Two of these goals. Two of the goals. What were they? One. We hit over 500 likes on Facebook. That is awesome. That yeah. is so good. Congratulations. That's awesome. I mean, that's awesome. We did it. We did it. And we thank you for liking us. And um, the cool thing is we got to make a new goal. I, I think I got to do, see if we can hit 550. We did get an interesting message from Ross Stewart on Facebook. He sent us a message, which you could too, just like Ross did. He writes, Congrats on your 500 likes from your 500th longtime fan of the podcast. Keep up the great work. So like he waited 
to become our 500 likes. That's awesome. That's so cool. Which is really cool. He says, enjoyed your watch throughs of the original series. Looking forward to hearing your takes on the new series. So he's excited. And thank you for liking us. Our second goal that I've been uh, preaching since the very almost the very beginning, we got two Twin Peaks podcasts on the top 50. The top 50. It was ours, wasn't it? <laughs> it was ours. No, it wasn't us. <laughs> it was Diane. No, it wasn't Diane. It was Deer Meadow Radio. No. <laughs> Counter Esperanto. No. What? There, are, are there any other Twin Peaks podcasts besides that? Well, we have to give a big congratulations. Sorry, Sparkwood in 21. No. You think, though. We have to give a big congratulations to Twin Peaks Rewatch. They haven't put a new episode in two years. But they cracked the top 50. Well, people want to rewatch it. They want to get ready for the new season. And, you know, I look at that name. They got the best name. I mean, for a rewatch, that's all they did. That's all they did. I mean, Twin Peaks Rewatch. If you just type that in Google, I'm sure you get these guys. Nice. That is. You know. For marketing, that's a good thing. It's a great, uh, great thing. And someone who's brand new on the Twin Peaks podcast community from Entertainment Weekly Jeff Jensen Jeff and his Jensen. partner there. Yeah, so the twin they, they have a Twin Peaks podcast. Yeah. So those two guys, those two shows are in the top 50, which gives me hope that we can get more on. We got two. Let's let's just clutter up the board with Twin Peaks podcasts. It's now time for our friends to join them and uh let's take over yeah. the entertainment section, yeah. the film and entertainment section. Let's just make it all Twin Peaks. I want like I want them all. Like you're going to go up there and people are like, "What?" <laughs> Who? Is there any other entertainment? (laughs) Is Twin Peaks just the only thing on right now? Yes. Yes. Well, so, congratulations! That is so awesome. Yeah, I, think I yeah, I'm I'm a fan of Jeff Jensen's work. I really like. It. I try. I tell you, sometimes I have to show you the videos of Lost. He did some great uh, stuff. Oh, on cool, Lost. cool. And Twin Peaks rewatch. Even though you haven't put a sh- new show out in two years, I'm sure you're gonna be putting stuff out for season three. I hope. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. And uh, let's keep them going. Maybe the next time I give an update. We'll have us or someone else up up there. Give us that five-star review on iTunes. Leave us that review. Keep them coming. Ben kicking ass on Twitter. I'm active on Twitter as well. And what are we on Twitter? Twin Peaks Unwrap. Yes. So you can check that out. And um, I think that's the end of the, the era of 2.0. End of 2.0. We had the segments. We had oh, wow. all these interviews. Awesome job, Ben. Yeah, we did a great job. And I'm excited to see where we go from here. I know. Right before the new series comes out, we are going on uh, to Amherst Cinemas to see Firewalk with me. Boy, I, I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked. Um, I haven't watched Firewalk with me since the first time I watched it for the podcast. And I'm just finishing up season two, my third rewatch. And um, Firewalk with me, I've been waiting for the seat in the theater because we, we actually knew a while back this was happening. So Ben bought the tickets early and it, it, uh, we're both very excited. Yeah. And it's been it's been almost literally 25 years. August it'll be uh, 25 years since I've seen it in the cinema theater. Wow. In the theaters. That's cool. And like, so if anybody who's going, this is a 9.45 p.m. showing 
And if anybody in the area who listens to our show, please, if you see us, say hi. You, you got to know what we look like by now. Just come say hi. And I think we're meeting somebody. We're meeting Andy, the man. I mean, he's been on the show we, we, when we talked about the Cooper di- the Cooper autobiography. Yeah. And he's the guy who does our logo. We ha- we were presenting our new uh, banner that's going to be on our social media. And Andy is the man. So we are going to hang out with him and his wife for this event. If you're at this event, please come say hi. Maybe we can uh, get some coffee afterwards. Sounds good. All right. See you next week.